All right, here we go. Good evening, White Sox fans. This is episode seven of Killer Bees, and this is Tommy Barbie, joined by... Kia Baloo! 108 Tourney's Finest. Yeah, both of us are losers. Well, you made it in. I couldn't even win the losing round. That I was think like it still counts that you made it in. I I don't know. That's that it's was... just it's like just the tip of the one oh eight. You know, sometimes just the tip is okay. Sometimes that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, it was a little tease, a little warm up. <laughs> this um, is starting off really well. <laughs> you know, I like to like to come out with a bang um yeah so we are here we have no guest we scared all of our guests away um but we'll have another one probably for our next one and since we last talked to you all a lot has happened um pour one out for Ronaldo lopez all right pour one out for the wall that took out Eloy. R.A.P. And his pack. <laughs> Tit. His uh, titty muscle. Jimmy biceps. R.A.P. Ish. And who else? That's it. Um, Angle. Angle, yes. Pour one out for Angle until he comes back healthy yeah. and beautiful. He is our shining horse. Something like that. <laughs> He's our only hope in the outfield. I'll say that much. Yeah. And I say that fully recognizing uh, Luis Robert's talent, but I still get a little nervous whenever he runs down a fly ball towards the wall. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, he is only one man. He is. And if he gets injured... Oh, we're fucked if he gets hurt. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> if anything happens to him, this season is over. Um, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but like, as much as people were asking about like what happens if Giolito gets hurt, my two main concerns have always been uh, Yasmani Grandal. And Luis Robert. Yeah. And it's funny because we've talked a lot about in general in the last, I think, two episodes, just the mm -hmm. depth and the lack of depth. And it, it's not even the full season yet. We're already seeing We're, that. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wouldn't it have been nice if we had another outfielder that wasn't yeah. named Adam Eaton? Yeah, it would have been really nice. And and, you know, now we're forcing, forcing options into left field and it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, Andrew Vaughn successfully caught fly balls without hurting himself or others. So he has already passed my test. Which is good. But also, again, speaking of the depth, it's like, great. So what happens if he gets hurt? So, yeah, I mean, he doesn't. he doesn't. You don't allow him to move. Yeah. 
That's you a good say, point. okay, stand there. Go, exactly. You go one foot in each direction. That's it. <laughs> um, let's just put TLR in left field. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see him? I don't know if he was actually napping, but it did look like he was napping in that game. <laughs> well, he is a gentleman of a certain age. <laughs> has long days in the sun. <laughs> he needs his sleep. He hey, does. I, ta- I take naps. Yes, you do. You're just you're fresh from a nap. So you should be the sharper one between the two of us. I've already been drinking, though, so... That's okay. Me too. Good. I'm not drinking an IPA, though. I'm sorry. I'm glad. I don't like IPAs. I I don't mind them. I'm a hazy IPA guy. Okay. I will... If that's all there is, I'll drink it. I'm not like, hell no. Um, And I'll try things. But overall... Like, this is gross. And it makes, I mean, it's embarrassing because it's like, yeah, I sound like a cat lady, but I grew up with cats and dogs, but cats, I have cats now. And IPAs just smell like cat pee to me. So <laughs> that's all I can think about when I smell them. Some of them, some of them don't smell like cat pee. They taste like um, what I imagine like a cleaner would taste like, though, like a pledge. <laughs> I, I would just like to know what IPAs you're drinking that taste and or smell like cat pee. Any of them. I'm any of them. Mm. See, the only thing I have a hard time with are sours. I love sours. But... I like the idea of them because I like sour candies, but I they make my face do things that like. I, I can't get my muscles back. Sorry, exactly. that's not what I meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, can't I can't even right see now. you, but that that was the exact thing that I was looking for visually represented <laughs> yeah. through sound. Yeah, I like them. I don't know what that's. I like things with really strong flavors, but I think like the ammonia undertone of IPA is just a little too much. What else do you like? I like everything. I mean, I'm I'm really not very picky. I just I've never been I'm not like a huge double triple quad IPA guy, so I've never been like hugely into hops. But um I think it really just depends on what is, you know, what is the specialty of whatever craft brewery i'm nearby or in where it's like okay what do you guys do this all right i'll try it sometimes i like it sometimes i don't but um you know the hazy ipa craze worked for me because it undercut a lot of the stuff that you're talking about Mm -hmm. where it's like instead of it being really ammonia driven or just like it feels like the liquid in your mouth is being taken away from the hops um it's instead like more fruit forward and that's more refreshing for me especially like during the summer um but you know i also like a good shandy i like lagers i like stouts shout out to janice stout queen (laughs) stout queen she loves her stouts stouts are good i think those are are probably my sours and stouts are my top favorites 
Um, I would like stouts more if I could drink more of them without feeling like I had eaten like 10 meals. Yeah, they're definitely very heavy. Like especially like the really good, like rich, creamy ones. It's just like, oh, that was delicious. I cannot have another one. Yeah. Um, but even still then, like I was talking about this the other day over over having an IPA or even some of the like local some of the local stuff. Sometimes I'll just have like a Guinness because that's how much I prefer mm-hmm. stouts or Anything that's like pretty full bodied over just like piss beer or IPAs. <laughs> not that there's not a time and place, but. Oh, no, I, I totally get it. Um, what I usually would do is I would go, I would find the middle ground. So I used to, I wouldn't originally do Guinness, but then it's like, all right, two filling. So then my go like in between was the either a Smithics or a Boddington. Oh, those are good. Because then it's like, okay, you get the snobbery that comes from ordering a Guinness, but like <laughs> half the fullness, and it's perfect. That sounds delicious, and I like your snobbery. <laughs> but we are not the 108 podcast, and that's not why you're here. Um, Maybe. It could be. You know, uh, you never know. Somebody out there also doesn't like IPAs and my enjoy. Oh, there's a lot of people that don't like IPAs. <laughs> and that, that's fine. I can be yeah. outnumbered on things. I'm not. I'm used to that. Yeah, you've got people on your side, too, though, clearly. So. <laughs> but I'm but stubborn of... and we'll, I'll, I'm stubborn and I'll keep trying to drink IPAs. That's the thing. Like I did the same things with um, mushrooms as a as a food um to oh, clarify it's like oh wow this took a trip i finally <laughs> cracked the code <laughs> no it was the, after the first time but um the mushrooms as a food like i'm people love them and i'm still trying to like understand i'm trying well, there okay. and i have had mushrooms as a food that i've liked before um like criminy they were like crispy but yeah what makes mushrooms difficult though is that it completely depends on the type and well how it's prepared and then lastly the freshness because a lot of people use like dry ass mushrooms that like have no like you can't revive that shit it's dust like you shouldn't you shouldn't cook with it you shouldn't try to rehydrate it it's gone um if you get really high quality mushrooms yeah it's pretty damn delicious but it it really depends like i can name just as many times as i've had an awful experience with mushrooms as i've had a good one and yes we're talking about the food since we're like constantly reminding people of that yeah I mean, we have to just, yes. just it's, there's a lot of, uh, uncertainty these days considering <laughs> the legality hanging in our midst. Yeah. I mean, it, it quarantine is boring, but I'm not that bored. So no comment. I know. On 
<laughs> yeah. I, we've had this conversation. I'm way too straight laced for 99.9% of the drugs that exist. So <laughs> I am too much of a control freak to let that, <laughs> let that into my life. <laughs> That's fair. And you have kids. So even if I didn't, it's just like it, the whole idea of like, seeing dragons or like wallpaper <laughs> melting or anything like that is not anything that I want to experience or deal with. Um, I mean, teach their own. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a way to get us back on track. Do you? I do. I'm so, excited. Let's do it. Speaking of, um, chemicals and altered mind states we were discussing tony larissa taking a nap potentially during the game <laughs> yes i was just reminded of that because of his florida dui um, mm -hmm. i figured that's what you were referencing yes um so yes let's talk about his managerial decision uh to have andrew vaughn play left field as a substitute for Eloy, which now opens the door for, I'm guessing it'll be um, Zach Collins playing DH for the most part. Yeah. Um, and he did okay the other day, but of course it is like, well, <laughs> That was one time. That was great. Reassuring. But there's definitely not a lot of uh, reassurance <laughs> for We're the not team Zach. He's fine. I I'm going to be mostly team anybody that's on the team. But <laughs> I, you know, we, we had things and they're all dropping like flies. So I am like cautioned right now. Not totally devastated, but um. I'm cautious. I get my heart broken. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the silver lining here that I haven't seen anybody talk about, but maybe they have been. Um, this is the only way that the White Sox will have an opportunity to build Zach Tr uh, Collins's trade value to anything worthwhile if they decide to get rid of him. Yeah, that's a good point. Because... He, Which is a sad point, but it is. Point. But at the same time, like he was renowned for his his eye and his hitting power, not necessarily for average, but he hits mm -hmm. for power. And he's shown both of those skills during the course of spring training. Um, he is serviceable at catcher. So if you rotate him in and out at catcher and then have him predominantly at DH, I think you're playing to his skill set in a way that if the Sox are in need of a left fielder long term, you mm -hmm. could potentially build some value with getting Collins some at bats. Because, I mean, the biggest problem has been him not getting the consistent playing time that he needs at the major league level. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think in general, that is one thing, um, even though, you know, we are resin on Tony Larissa a little bit. That's one thing from spring training. That's been nice is seeing so many different people play and, and kind of get a chance. Um, and it, it's come in handy now. So yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, 
I'm less upset about Vaughn playing left field than other people are. I mean, I'm I'm more annoyed that <laughs> I don't I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know <laughs> if Eloy was being silly or if he legitimately thought he had a chance at catching a fly ball or being carried into the bleachers like angels in the outfield style to catch it <laughs> or what was going on in his mind. Speaking of mushrooms, because <laughs> like there's just it was it was either stupidity on his part for fooling around and getting himself hurt the way that he did in a senseless game that like there's no reason for him to do it or if he genuinely thought that he had a play on that ball i am just seriously concerned for him as a human being on how someone that plays professional sports could have that awful of depth perception that they can't see how far away they are from solid objects such as walls or yeah. be able to not like just look at the angle of the fly ball and be like, Hey, I have no chance at making that play. And yeah. either or way, not enough to risk. There's like, yeah, risk not enough to risk your, your, yourself like doing that. So, I mean, it's just either way, it was such a stupid and selfish play mm-hmm. to me that it just, it just really put a, just a bad taste for me that he made that play and made that effort. And, you know, now he's out for five or six months and it's like, this is the shit that I'm talking about. When I say you have to look at players like Aloy and say, they're only going to play a hundred games. Like it sucks that you have to qualify it, but unless you put them in bubble wrap and, don't allow him to roam in the outfield. He's not going to play a full season. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I mean, watching the video of it, it, it looked like he thought he could catch it. Um, Cause he made like a pretty athletic attempt. Obviously that it wasn't, but he, he like <laughs> an unathletic he, athletic yeah. attempt. <laughs> yeah. No, it's weird because it's like, it is weird to watch because you watch it and you're like, why? And also it's one of those, like, it didn't really look like he got hurt that badly um, when he did it because I saw, I saw it happen. And then, you know, people were like, Oh, he's out. He's really hurt. And I was like, what? And then, yeah, I mean, it was kind of weird. It was like, usually when an outfielder jumps, they don't allow their arm to get like shifted up yeah by the wall like he literally had like his armpit it dug into the wall because he landed so awkwardly and his hand was like over the fence like down and over exactly yeah so it was just it was a very awkward play and that he didn't have to do that he didn't have to do and that's why i was just i was really when I saw the play happen, I was like, why is he jumping? Because honestly, yeah. for me, it looked like by the time he thought to jump, the ball had already passed the point where he would have been it able had. to make play. Yeah, no, I agree completely. It, it was definitely, it was senseless. It was like, dude, that's gone. Just let it go. 
you know, and the way he tried, I was like, what are you? And then obviously here we are. Mm -hmm. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even know. Like, obviously I know you can tear any, any muscle, but like, I was like, how the hell do you, I'm trying to think of like me doing that, like tearing your pec. (laughs) Good God. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a weird thing. And I didn't realize something like that would take that long to heal. So that's, it's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, and that's just the healing process. I mean, I know that the socks don't want to, they don't want to use the word season ending, but for all intents and purposes, I, I think it is, unless he is, you know, just by the grace of youth, he's able to come back stronger and better than ever. Mm-hmm. You're, think about how powerful his swing is, and then take away your chest muscles from being able to generate that power. Yeah. Yeah. And then also just the psychological parts of it. That too. Yeah. He seems pretty, I mean, (laughs) he seems pretty much like, kind of like you were mentioning. I mean, maybe he won't think about it that much. You know, he gets hurt a lot and obviously doesn't really learn from it. (laughs) So (laughs) maybe, or maybe this will be the time he's like, oh, I can't do these things like i can't be jumping around everywhere mm-hmm. um hopefully that's the case but i don't know it was kind of funny because like i think it was a week before he ran into like the smaller wall and i said something about like Eli ran to the wall again and somebody was like yeah but he learned how to like block it i was like Ca- catch himself yeah yeah, but I was yeah. Like, how is if that's the case how is he just learning this like i don't i think i don't know that we should be yeah whatever well there was even that play earlier in spring training where he and um robert collided yeah so i mean it it's not like it went away no and it, it is very like i think on that on this injury it did look like he was seriously trying to catch it not just like goofing around but that makes me think about all the other times too you know yeah so i mean i'm i'm still very excited to see andrew vaughn play in any position at any point in time yes three also what makes me want to bring to light again that my man (laughs) looking like a linebacker out there Mick Rodolfo <laughs> has a shot at getting on the roster at some point this year. Hell yeah. So, I'm rooting for you and him. Team, team Mike Rodolfo. I think he'll do it. We'll yeah. see. I'm not I mean, saying it's a good thing that he's playing. I'm just saying that it may come to that because even if you look at the landscape right now, we've got like Billy Hamilton, who I thought retired, um, making meetings bats. Um, you've got Nick Williams, who is lasting longer in camp than he probably otherwise would be for uh, depth purposes. Um, with Angle injured too. There really isn't a lot of um, good options for the White Sox. So it's uh, 
it's going to be interesting. I, I think they will probably be forced to make a trade at some point in time, but it's just a matter of how long they can uh, kind of stay afloat as is. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Can't we'll wait see. for opening day. No. So um, shortly. Speaking of things that we'll see on, um, I I was incredibly wrong about Carlos Rodon because that dude. I, I guess you can tip your hat to um, to cats for fixing him, but he <laughs> he found something um, that he has not shown. I I would say ever in a White Sox uniform, but maybe glimpses of it his rookie season. Like he, he has dialed up the velocity. Um, there was a radar gun in his most recent outing that had him at 97, which I don't remember him throwing that hard since college. Um, and his off speed stuff is just filthy. And he's, he's controlling his pitches. He's, he actually has, a consistent release point again and it's throwing hitters off and it's just it's really exciting to see because he like i said he's, he's shown flashes before but i haven't seen him put it all together consistently the way he has been this spring interesting so do you think that is because of the coaching or have there been a lot of interesting pitching things going on um, yeah i mean in general I, I don't know. I I think pitching coaches can help, I, especially in comparison to Don Cooper, where, you know, it's well, it's well established now that Don Cooper wasn't exactly a scholar when it came to the, you know, art of pitching so much mm -hmm. as just the mindset and, you know, keeping guys positive and, um, focused on the immediate task at hand. I, I think now there's more attention being paid to the data, video, um, tendencies, all of that. And maybe for some of these guys that are more analytically driven, that's what they need. Mm -hmm. um, and Rodon could be a very key result of that where he seems to have unlocked a few things, not only within his mechanics, but also just in um, in his approach to pitching, where I'm, I'm seeing him just kind of looser on the mound and, and not only giving max effort for the sake of giving max effort, but it you can kind of visualize where he's going as he pitches in a game. Mm-hmm. Well, what are other you seeing that things? other pitchers to you? Because you said there's a lot of pitching things that are that are going. Well, I on. mean, just in general. Um, I mean, that's surprising. Um, and then I think with our new guys, like yes, they came from other places, but seeing them go is is pretty good too. Mm -hmm. um, but then, I mean, earlier we were talking about uh, R.I.P. Rayolo and. Uh, Jimmy, so Jimmy biceps. Yeah. So, in general, I'm interested how that might shift things 
And then I guess a Garrett Crochet I started strong, but now, you know, I, I'm just curious about how he'll develop in general, given everything that you've mentioned um, with focusing on mechanics a bit more. Um, and how many of these guys, their longevity, basically, like it's great about Carlos Rodon, but I'm kind of interested to see how long he'll last. Yeah, under the absolutely. Conditions. I mean, that, I know that's, that's always a worry, but like with him, really, that's one thing I'm still like, I think it's great. But again, it's hard for me to get like excited because I'm like, we'll see. <laughs> I'm <laughs> jaded. Oh, my gosh. You've turned into I'm the cynical jaded. Sox fan. What happened? That jaded. you've only lasted a year. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, those those are good questions. Um, my personal opinion is that. Jimmy Biceps was dead on arrival coming into the season. And, you know, I know I pissed off a lot of my Twitter followers by saying that it was time for the White Sox to be done with him. But you can't throw that many innings in a season as a relief pitcher or as any Mm -hmm. pitcher for that matter and expect to be okay the following season. Like it just it doesn't happen. Um, This isn't 1904. Um These guys can't do it. And I figured it would either be injury or just flat out, you know, poor performance where everything he was throwing was flat and straight. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I know he throws hard, but I think about like Billy Koch where um, he came over from Toronto to the White Sox and he was on the downside of his career because he had pitched so many innings. But the reason why the White Sox traded for him is because he still threw a hundred miles an hour. And back then it was rare, Mm -hmm. but you looked at his pitches. It was just like the straight line. So a professional hitter, once they've seen it two or three times, they can time it. Like 100 Mm -hmm. miles an hour doesn't mean a lot if there isn't anything else that they have to worry about. And that's where Jimmy Cordero was just running into issues because the secondary stuff was so poor because he didn't have the arm strength anymore, I don't think, to put anything on his secondary pitches. He was relying on that fastball. And Ronaldo Lopez, I just, it comes back to the middle game for him. And that's, that's the hardest part to figure out. He has all the talent in the world, but you can tell when he gives up a hit here and a hit there, he starts questioning himself. He starts second guessing. He starts opening up more when he is pitching towards home plate where he doesn't have, he's not throwing over the top of his pitches. He's just kind of flinging it from the side. And then that's when his fastballs start traveling up. And that's where his stuff starts going too far outside. And it's just, it's not quite there. And it's really hard to come back from that. And the only way you can is if you luck into sustained success, where you can start convincing yourself that you're able to do it. And I don't see him getting that type of opportunity. Not with the White Sox anyway. I mean, yeah, I think we'll get it elsewhere. Not, I mean, it seems like, like you were saying, 
there's people that will be on the roster now that will have chances. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I agree. And as far as crochet is concerned, I think he'll be fine. Um, I, it's something that I always thought, I don't know if this was a established thing or not, but I do remember when Chris sale first came up and as impressive as he was, he was just so unwieldy to watch as a pitcher, just because like you saw this tall, skinny thing, just kind of (laughs) rummaging together all these random body parts. And then out came this fastball that was going like 98 miles an hour. And it was just like, it broke my brain every time I watched him pitch. Um, But, you know, he had so much movement to his pitches same way as crochet where he didn't really understand how to pitch yet. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when hitters don't pick up on what you're throwing and what you're throwing isn't necessarily a bad pitch. It's just not a strike. Yeah. And the hitters can't see it. And it's like, I'm not going to swing at that because I don't know what the hell it is. And the umpire calls it a ball and you end up walking guys because you're not necessarily doing anything bad. It's just that you're not delivering consistent enough strikes to mix in with the crazy breaking balls that are just like starting off at the top of the zone and then dropping down to the ground. Like you need to mix that in with other stuff to keep guys off balanced. And I think that's the part of the game that he's still figuring out. Yeah. Well, hopefully too, um, you know, since it is spring training and they yeah. do have a change, it'll this be good. where you get to work yeah. on your stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seems like, I mean, I agree with what you said, just watching him, but also it just seems like he gets, burnt out pretty quickly Mm -hmm. maybe better than some of the guys but um that's one thing i'm interested in but what about for you uh with like cease and kopech oh you had to throw kopech in there to (laughs) open my mojo um you can start one with the other. I know. <laughs> I, don't know. I I am team Cease all the way. I yeah. don't understand the hate that the man gets. I don't um, either. And he's been doing okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I, I, maybe it's moments like this where I'm just kind of like, am I secretly just like an old school meathead and just haven't come to <laughs> terms with it yet? Because it's like... Maybe. I. I remember power pitchers that used to walk a lot of guys and like that wasn't necessarily a problem. And I think as long as you are moderately efficient where you can get through five innings, which honestly, given the bullpen, five innings is all you need. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's probably one of the reasons why Tony LaRusso was hired is because he wants to reinvent the game again where starters pitch they only are they're basically openers they only have to pitch four or five innings Mm -hmm. and that's all you need from him and yeah Yeah. he might walk four or five guys during those five innings but he doesn't give up a lot of runs 
He gets outs when he needs them. And I think that's something that he'll largely grow out of once he starts getting more command of his pitches. Yeah, which is the direction they're heading. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen some some things out there that there is like the awareness of that and that's been being worked on. So mm-hmm. hopefully I agree. Yeah. With the change. I mean, it is really I know like we're talking about that a lot, like the coaching change, but that's huge. Um, so I think even though I have been like the jaded, the jaded one right now, I do. <laughs> I am like very excited about that. Um, and I think that is why it is, even though I'm like leveling my expectations, I think that is, it's more of a like wait and see. I don't expect them to just automatically be like completely better. But I mean, in some areas I am like, I have a good feeling about it with evidence, but you know, still, I don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah. And I <laughs> I think the wait and see approach makes sense because yeah. You you see how narrow the path is to winning a division. Well, I shouldn't say division title, but I'll go with the division title for right now. Um, you see how narrow that path is. Where a team like the Dodgers, they're so stacked, like they don't ha- they can deal with three or four injuries and yeah. largely be fine. Um. You know, one of the ironic things about the Yankees is that despite their massive salary, um, team salary, they don't have a lot of depth because they haven't really like a lot of their internally developed guys haven't really turned into the guys that they've needed or or wanted. So they can't afford the injuries either. Um, And in the White Sox case, because of our own cheap ass ownership and management we don't really spend the money that we have and Mm -hmm. there are i think the reason why i'm not worried about the pitching is because there has been consistent evidence of guys coming up through the minors and being contributors at a major league level where it's like you may not want these guys for three or four months at a time um, but they can come in and make an impact. Like a Jonathan Stevier was fine for the White Sox when he, you know, helped them when they needed to make their their playoff run. Yeah. Um, but on offense, you, you don't have anything. Yeah. And that's that's the part that worries me because you're really not only hoping for your established guys to perform at say you know slightly above average of what their normal career projections might say but you're also banking on your younger guys that you don't necessarily have the history with on performing at a level that might be above where they actually are at yeah but we do have Adam Eaton. You do. And he's grindy. So that's worth at least one win, right? <laughs> uh, he, I obviously shit on him all the time, but just because it's fun. Um, <laughs> but he has been doing okay. I, Not that I he's don't the solution. 
But he he could hit 750. Here, here, I'll I'll put it this way. If Adam Eaton is A, still on the White Sox roster, and B, hitting above the 300, and we're in July, I will become the world's biggest Adam Eaton fanboy. I'll buy a jersey. I'll put his like profile picture up as my profile picture. I'll go the whole nine yards. There's no way in hell he's going to be anything more than a fringe contributor. I, I there's just <laughs> no way unless he found some PEDs. There's no way. Honestly, why not? He should just go for it at this point. <laughs> Adam Eaton, I know you're never going to listen to this, but please. he's not. But I just <laughs> and that's why I can say these things, because the only people that will hold me to it are you and Brett. Palatini and maybe like three other people on Southside Sox. <laughs> what can Adam Eaton do to make himself worth $7 million? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, put him, in, put note, him in left field. No, because <laughs> <laughs> how are you going to fill out the rest of the outfield then? Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we'll stop for a commercial break to pay some bills. Paying some bills. Paying (laughs) bills. We're going to pay the bills to be able to eat. Yeah. Kill the bees. Paying (laughs) bills. We should write our own theme song and just do Michael McDonald voice. If I had stayed a lo- long enough in the 108, I fully intended to do like a whole Michael McDonald yacht rock ramp up, but you know, wasn't meant to be. Yeah. You, hey, you should use your move to make, you should make new man friends by starting a cover band, but only Michael McDonald related songs will be played adjacent <laughs> actual songs so you want all of my man friends to be 70 years old <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i do why not it seems quaint it's basically what you're saying <laughs> you could go hang out at burger king with them Ah. <laughs> uh. Sorry, I just, I had this image in my head of doing like an impromptu cover band concert at a Burger King parking lot. <laughs> Singing, taking it to the streets. Take it to the streets. Take it to the, take it to the streets. <laughs> uh, and then I could subtly like throw in Burger King references while I sing. So I can get paid more money. Um, you don't know me, but I'm a whopper. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> Croissant witch. Well, welcome back. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um... So, yeah, to make the outfield situation more precarious for the White Sox, um, 
there is news in Major League Baseball that Kyle Lewis, the reigning rookie of the year and center fielder for the Mariners, uh, might be out for some time uh, due to a deep bone bruise uh, on the outside of his right knee. Um, so there are already rumors flying that the Mariners may look outside for outfield help, which directly impacts the White Sox because they, you know, kind of had the market to themselves and now they'll have to compete with other teams. So um, I I have like this really awful feeling in the pit of my stomach that like Ryan Braun is going to like prop his ass up and mosey on over to the White Sox, but I don't know. Oh, you don't like that? I'm not a huge Ryan Braun fan, no. Tell me more. Um, He was the one that um, got caught doing steroids and then proceeded to um, belittle the testers and saying that they screwed up the testing. And that it was their fault that he tested positive and like <laughs> made this whole stink about it and like filed a complaint and like all this other stuff and then ended up testing positive a second time. Jeez. And well, yeah, was not really effective for because I mean, this was at the pretty much near the peak of his career. So like he was hitting 30, 40 home runs and, you know, putting up all these gaudy numbers. And after all this happened, his career kind of went down the pipes towards mediocrity and never really recovered. I mean, I think he spent most of the rest of his career trying to prove that he could put up good numbers without steroids and then failing at doing so. I don't want it. Yeah. Um, Please no. <laughs> but Why? you know, it's just I see I could see something like that happening as much as I would rather it be like um Yanis Cespedes. Yeah. Well yeah, I feel like everybody's kind of uh banking on that right now. Um, and I know everyone wants it to be Yasiel Puig, but until he gets that whole court situation figured out, he should well, probably not worry about baseball right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can already predict how I feel about that. On oh, that, you know how I feel about it, too, but yeah. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. I'm so, just saying, like, at least get the formality out of the way before let's... <laughs> right. I Yeah, I agree. Like, we've had enough courtroom drama this year we don't really like for the love of god please no (laughs) give us a give us a year give us a break yeah exactly we have some okay boys it seems i'm sure you know we're all human but it's relatively quiet from the end of our players which i appreciate and Mm -hmm. i don't know though i mean i am always up for like a good redemption story but there are some that's crimes. not it yeah there, there are others that are out there that <laughs> i'd rather find we, yeah that's not where we need to go um yeah and then i was looking at uh ryan braun he's how old is he 
37? Up, yeah, I mean, so not that. Ugh, no, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I was, see, I was going to try to be positive. No, I mean. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> if if the Sox signed him, it would be very much like when they signed Jose Canseco. <laughs> and that just went horribly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. Let's just. <laughs> Even though, as we're talking, it is like, well, something like this will probably maybe happen. So, ugh. You need to replace the power. Like that's that's a hard thing. Is that you are missing what you were kind of figuring would be one of the key RBI guys and key power guys in the lineup. Yeah. And I I love Andrew Vaughn. I don't know if he's going to provide that this year. Yeah. Well, and then. Him being in left field, that's just, I mean, that's adding another extra mm-hmm. layer of pressure. One more thing he has to deal injury. with. Yeah. Right. Like, how can you, you can't focus on that. And, I'm, you know, they're professional athletes, but also they get tired too. Like, yeah. And sure, maybe he will just be like not moving like Eloy did. And will again, hopefully, or maybe not, maybe not. Um, <laughs> maybe he doesn't need to just move. He just needs to stand. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of pressure on that guy right now, considering Absolutely. he just started. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Maybe he'll I, come through. He might. I just, I would feel better if there was more depth there. And there just there really isn't, and yeah, and that's I, the, not that's not the only place. I mean, we've already covered, no. and we've been talking about it. Like, I, yeah, I feel like we're beating a dead horse a little, but <laughs> I mean, like that's been the thing all along, and we're not it has to, been. The, to the season yet, and we're already like, oh shit. I mean, you know, that being said, I still think the White Sox will absolutely win the division, but I just. You know, you you want to aim a little bit higher than that when yeah. you you can. And um I I still more than the twins, I'm still nervous about um the baseball team in Cleveland. Yeah. Like that was going to the baseball team. i did just accept that you said that i was like (laughs) i was like it sounded natural yes the the cleveland baseball team (laughs) (laughs) that that one down there over there yonder in cleveland (laughs) um yeah didn't even phase me though and then i was like wait a minute (laughs) yeah no i agree like especially now like so just in the past two weeks a lot's changed and that's not that's gonna be how it is like yeah that's what we can expect so yeah i feel like we went from you know we have a lot of great players and they're good with and being concerned about depth to actually like okay this is a real issue now and maybe we have good players but 
what does that mean when we have no depth? We can't be, if they're not playing, we can't be better than a lot of people. Yeah. And also, you know, a lot of teams have really good pitching. Um, pitching, I feel, is super helpful in the playoffs. Um, and the regular season, you need an offense that can wake up and, and score consistently. And since that was kind of the calling card last year, that helped the pitching relax a lot. Um, and I think that was part of the reason why a lot of the younger pitchers in particular were able to deliver in high leverage situations because they knew the offense had their back. If you're looking at a lot of tight three to two, four to three type ball games, that that's tough. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and that's where it would be nice to have one more bat to kind of help put the team over the top. But I think if, if you're the White Sox, if I'm Rick Hahn, you're kind of dividing the, the season into two where it's like, you want to get, see where this team is and get to the, you know, July or closer to the trade deadline and make your adjustments probably mid season. Um, based on what the needs are going to be for the rest of the year. Because I, I think they're going to have to make some tweaks, but they probably won't be in a position to do so until then. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was curious, too, to get your thoughts on, I mean, the hitting you have seen so far. And any surprises or good or bad surprises or anything you're kind of like worried about besides the depth? No, I mean, I'm glad the bats are waking up, but I just yeah. like it took a long time for them to get going. It did. That's kind of what I was curious yeah. about with, with you. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and I know like obviously we weren't alone on that, but yeah, I was. And I mean, I, again, it's spring training, so. But still, yeah, that was a little, made me a little nervy. Yeah, I mean, in my experience, it's usually the pitching that takes the longer to come around, not so much the bats. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad they're they're doing better now. I think Mankata is still um the most likely to have a, a really big breakout year i thought yet last year was going to be his year but you know between covid and coming back from it and everything else i it wasn't in the cards for him but i do think that he's ready to take that next step at being a true talent um yeah but i just i don't know i mean i i i'm hoping that last year wasn't as good as it gets and that every year after is just kind of like this awful regression that we have to deal with, which I know mm -hmm. is a trigger word for a lot of people, but it, it is a thing. I, I, I've seen it happen with White Sox offenses in the past where it's like, hey, this is as good as it's going to get. And you mess, you miss the window. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a natural worry. I feel the same way. Um, because there were so elements, so many elements last year that were so good mm -hmm. that were not supported um, that, I mean, it's hard not to think about that, honestly, uh, to me. But I'm also 
as you can tell. You're super uh, jaded now. <laughs> I know, I've already been jaded. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard not to think about that, especially, I think, with uh, Abreu and Tim Anderson, I've been like, I'm scared. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not as worried about them. Um, I think I'm, there's one thing I'm worried about, and then there's one thing that gives me hope. So that I'll, I'll balance it out that way. That's Um, good. I like that. I have concerns about multiple players in the lineup having slumps at the same time. And I say that because a lot of the less proven hitters are more reliant on their power. Yeah. And if you are facing off against a team that is throwing their top pitchers at you, that could be a problem. The silver lining that I see is that, um, this is where Tony LaRusse's old school mentality can be a huge benefit where he might use a lineup where he relies on Adam Eaton and hell, maybe, maybe, maybe Billy Hamilton is still around. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Nick Madrigal even to kind of create that small ball style offense where if the team is slumping and the bats aren't hitting the home runs or bringing the runs home the way that they're supposed to, I could see TLR being like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to stack the top with all my fastest guys that just get on base and I'm going to have them wreak havoc on the base pass to force the situation. Yeah. And that is, that's a positive that I see that could help offset what could otherwise be a stretch kind of like, um, you know, when Robert was struggling in the second half of of last year where, Mm -hmm. you know, Ricky just kept trotting him out there. And yeah. it, it felt like this awful self-fulfilling prophecy where yeah. you okay. had Abreu and Anderson doing so well. And then the bottom of the lineup was some combination of uh, Mankata and Robert and whoever at that time was the shittiest player on the team, which more often than not was Mazzara. And it was like <laughs> this black hole. Where, yes. <laughs> where it was just like, there's no point in playing this half inning. Like, we, yeah, can, it just, was we can roll over. Yeah, it was, it was painful to watch. It like, was. Yeah. Even though it was frustrating, it was like, please stop. Like, even mm-hmm. on the player's behalf, my God, like, stop. <laughs> it, it was really bad. And you just felt all of the momentum and positive vibes just being sucked out of the ballpark based on that type of lineup construction. And I don't see Larusa, for his credit, falling into those types of traps. So yeah. that, that's what I'm hopeful for anyway. God, I hope not. <laughs> like <laughs> I, that was, that's one thing I will say as like a newer baseball fan 
that is fascinating to me. And yes, I am not, I'm not like a know-it-all or a coach, but that stuff's so fucking frustrating. <laughs> like, cause I'm like, what? I don't understand. <laughs> so I am interested to see that or not see that hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully um, you don't. Yeah. yeah. This year um, with, with like adjusting. So yeah. Yeah. Any other final thoughts as we wrap up on this hour? Um, no, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Next time we talk, it'll be, we'll be in the season. So pumped yes, about you, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Do you have any opening day plans? I'm going to watch it. That's okay. all I got at home. I don't have my vaccine yet. So I do plan on going to a game. Same. Um, good. I hope we see each other at a game. I'll try Ooh. to meet up with you. Good. I miss people. I miss friends. I want to make new friends. Yay! Go sport! <laughs> Yay, friends! Yay, sport! Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad. I'm glad we might, we'll both have the chance to go to a game this year. Um, that's We had planned. You and I had planned to... Was it opening day? Were you going to be at opening day last year? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't we plan I, to go? We together? did. I, I had yeah. I had season tickets last year, and it was oh, the gosh. first time I had ever bought any sort of group ticket package. And that was the thanks I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> this this yeah. is why I'm done making plans, because clearly... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go well for me. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were like psyched. Uh, yeah, I had I'd made plans to like obviously see you and then meet up with people, and then that's how it goes. Yeah, it is your season, <laughs> season tickets. <laughs> Goodbye. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we will write that wrong this year. Yes, yeah. What about you? What are you gonna do for opening day? Um. I mean, it's a late game, so, um, but I have a, I'll get my socks uniform on. I'll probably wear my leisure suit Fisk jersey. Oh, hell yeah. And if I could, I would do it out on the patio, but I'll probably just do it um, in our, in the, home theater set up in the back so and just kind of pretend that I'm there I'll have it cranked so it feels like I'm at the ballpark and mm -hmm. just kind of enjoy the moment because I'm very excited for baseball to be back yeah same so on that note we will see you all for opening day and stay tuned for more on Southside Sox Goodbye. Bye.